Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Well, welcome to this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods, and thanks for joining us today. Uh, We get to talk with Chris Aviles, and he is from techtupteacher.com. Uh, you can also find him on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Teched Up Teacher. Uh, welcome to the show today, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Chris, I'm I'm so excited. A couple of years ago, I saw a blog post you made about um, the makerspace is doomed. Uh, and uh, and in chatting before the show, he says he still agrees with about 90% of that. Um, but I, I love that you take like a relevant, uh, something that's just hard hitting right now, you know, like and, and say, let's, let's look at it. Let's, let's think about how we're using it in education. So right now, um, some big topics are gamification, esports. Um, so I'm excited we get to chat with you uh, today about those things. So uh, tell us a little bit about, about yourself, how you became a teacher. Yeah, so um, it was actually interesting. I became a teacher because I was not a good student. Uh, I was basically your nightmare kid. I mean, you know, you didn't want me in your class. Uh, went to college, not because I wanted to, but, you know, my father threatened my life and said, you have to. Good. Uh, and then, you know, through finding my way through that college process, uh, I was originally uh, into chemistry because I, I always enjoyed science. And blowing uh, things up, right? Exactly. Uh, but, you know, things, uh, I don't know. It, it just, it, it really took me a while to find what I wanted to do. Uh, and then, you know, kind of in realizing I wanted to not only be a teacher, but I actually started out as an English teacher. I taught English, uh, high school English for 10 years. Gotcha. Uh, you know, that's just kind of where I wound up. So, so, but now you're doing uh, a lot more like technology stuff uh, with fourth to eighth graders. Uh, Fairhaven, New Jersey is where, where you're located, Chris. Yes, and um, so, so just recently, you know, everybody has jumped on. All these kids are playing Fortnite, right? I mean, it's, it's almost impossible to, to miss. These kids are playing Fortnite. It, we've reached a tipping point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, some of the, I mean, going back for the last six years, the, a lot of the work I've done in gamification and game-based learning and, and overall just embracing video games because kids love them. So as teachers, we should too. Yep. Uh, you know, we are living through a cultural shift right now. Uh, and the best way I can explain it when I talk to parents or, you know, I tweet about it, whatever the case may be, you know, you, you are watching Woodstock happen for these kids. Um, you know, and it's funny, I had mentioned before, you know, when we were talking pre show that, you know, we just lived through what's going to be kind of like a cultural phenomenon in these kids' lives that kind of pushed this idea of video games being taken seriously forward. And, and, and that was when Ninja, the professional Fortnite player, you know, played with Drake. And they had 667,000 concurrent viewers. That's people watching live at that yeah. time. That's, you know, that's, and, and I made the comparison. I try to put this in perspective. The largest stadium, you know, is in North Korea and houses 150,000 people. So they could have filled that four or five times to watch somebody play a video game. Yeah. And so, you know, video games are this generation, you know, really my generation's rock and roll, you know, our parents went out to Woodstock and, and you know, listed a rock and roll in, in somebody's field. And these kids watch people play video games and, um, you know, it's, it's not as unrealistic or unbelievable to achieve some relevance in, you know, maybe not be a professional gamer, but right. you could be a caster, you could be, you know, somebody working on the technical side. Um, you know, I was talking to, uh, 
you know, some of the people in my community as I try to move forward towards starting an esports team here. We yeah. have three, we have three professional video game players within six miles of us. Wow. And, and one of them is, a, is an awesome dude. Um, Matt Diaz goes by the name of Clockwork. And he, uh, he's a professional Overwatch player for the Houston Outlaws. And obviously in, you know, moving toward getting this Overwatch esports team started and just embracing what kids are really excited about, I reached out to him and he couldn't be more excited, you know, not only to support what I'm doing, but just the idea that, you know, there's going to be an outlet for, you know, kids who are passionate, uh, uh, you know, and, and strengthen that school and home connection. Yeah. And so, so just thinking if you're an educator listening to this episode, you know, to, to search, to find is, you know, even ask the students, cause I bet they know if there's somebody professional in your area, uh, especially Absolutely. if you don't feel like a professional at all. If you're like, I don't even know what this whole big Fortnite big deal is, you know, or I've never heard of Ninja, but your kids have. Absolutely. And it's exciting too, because even if just the fact that you want to know, maybe you don't get the whole video game thing, the esports, you know, um, just by building that relationship with your students and asking them about, you know, you know, what, what happened last night? Ninja played with Drake, you know, and just letting them share with you what they care about. Um, you know, you could get so much mileage out of that, but I know for me, uh, just watching what's unfolding, especially at the collegiate level, when it comes to esports, um, the opportunities that are going to be available for our children in the next, you know, five years, I want to make sure my kids, are positioned to take advantage of those opportunities should they want to. Right. You're looking at, I mean, even if you just do some super uh, light research, I mean, the, the research is bananas. They're talking yeah. about now, currently, there are 40 colleges that are offering $9 million worth of scholarships to students. For, and for playing, playing video games. For playing video games. Yeah, I'm in Jersey. Rutgers. Rutgers has has an esports team. Um, you know, uh, Chris Haskell at Boise State has an esports team, and you know they just gave out uh, a college in Ohio just gave out their first esports scholarship. Yeah. So it's this idea, you know, and understand. I played football, wrestling, and track from the time I was in fifth grade, and then I coached it for ten years. You're talking about, you know, I've coached varsity sports and. and you know, nobody scoffs at the idea of trying to help a kid get into college or, you know, help them pursue the opportunities that athletics, you know, uh, present. Yeah. This is a big, you know, this is uh, going to be a big movement and positioning, you know, kids to take advantage of what they love and what they care about, um, you know, is important to me because it's important to my kids. And, And even, you know, from the other aspect of, um, I'm a big fan of, you know, tangential learning. If I could teach something that I think is valuable for them to know through something that they care about, that's fantastic. Right. You know, I could teach public speaking through having my kids broadcast esports games. If I could teach them how to edit videos by having them, you know, film and edit esports games, uh, I'm all aboard with that. It's it's really about taking what kids are passionate about and, and kind of fusing it with what they need to and what you think they need to know. Right. And, and just thinking through um, a, a kid who uh, likes, likes video games, um, we, we often talk about some kids, uh, the only reason their grades are as, as high as they are is because they have to remain eligible for this, the school district to be able to play a sport. Um, right. Some of those kids, even just that little bit of thing, uh, that little bit of added motivation to, to say, I got to keep my grades up so I'm eligible for the Fortnite team. Absolutely. As um, you know, you're seeing kind of in real time, uh, uh, you know, the, the same type of body that governs college sports is mm-hmm. forming right now that's going to govern, 
you know, college esports. And so, you know, in seeing that and being in those rooms and knowing they're talking about the same things, having to be eligible with yep. the GPA, uh, uh, you know, just kind of the same situation. I think that's fantastic. If, if that's what it takes to help a kid be more successful, I'm all about it. Right. And then, and then like you talked about a moment ago, and, and we could talk about this a little bit, just that idea that if a kid likes um, those video games, but you know, if we can say, Hey, let's, let's take uh, the skills of, of broadcasting and, and work on public speaking. Let's, let's take the aspect, like you said, of, of filming it. And then, and let's, let's, let's work down that video and, and make a, make a YouTube video and post that. And, and, those are those are other kinds of applications that those kids can do in your classroom, and and those might be those might sound a little more justifiable at the start to what what you're doing in a classroom than hey we're going to play video games. Absolutely, and I think that's maybe where you know some of this gets lost in translation is when you talk about gamification or game based learning. You talk about esports, you know, it's a lot of hands up in the air. Kids these days don't know how to communicate because their faces are always in a screen. And, you know, I find that there's a lot of knee-jerk reactions to this kind of stuff. But for me, you know, they say teaching is an art. And I really think the art is being able to take what kids love and combine it with what you need to teach them, right? Yeah. Make it real, make it relevant to them. Um, you know, and you teach high school freshmen, you know, primarily I'm talking about sixth to eighth grade with this esports and gamification conversation. Like that's just pure unadulterated energy. Yeah. And if you try to, if you try to stop it, you're going to get run over. So I rather like reflect it, you know, and, and channel exactly. it in a productive way. And so, um, you know, when my kids come in talking about Fortnite and they want to show me, you know, some of their video clips, we're not playing Fortnite. No, no kid has ever played Fortnite in my class, but he's brought in video clips and made a highlight video of himself. Exactly. And then now imagine there's an opportunity for him to share that highlight video like a college athlete, you know, like a high school athlete to a college that is, you know, fielding an esports team. So, you know, and, and I'll say this, the other the other reason why we should care um, especially if you check the news over the last couple of days, there's a startup out of uh, San Francisco, I believe. Uh, they just closed a $15 million round of funding and their mission is to bring esports to every high school. Wow. And, you know, say what you will, it's, it's not inherently bad or anything like that, but, you know, these are our kids. So I feel like we, the teachers, need to be involved. And yeah. so have these outside companies courting kids, making money off of kids, you know, I'd like to think and hope that they care about our kids, but nobody cares more about, you know, our kids than us. Right. So if I can have a hand or a say or, you know, some role in helping my kids achieve their goals of getting to college or becoming a professional gamer or just even being involved in the scene somehow, um, I want to be in that room to make sure that our kids are taken care of. That's good. That's good. And that should be the, the goal of every teacher. If we just if we just let things naturally happen, you know, I mean, there, that's the whole Wild West aspect of, of things. We got to we got to make sure we put some some groundwork in and stuff. Um, you did a recent blog post about Fortnite specifically. And and and, and we've been mentioning Fortnite here in the, in the show here again. We're talking with Chris Aviles um, from TechedUpTeacher.com. Um, but Fortnite's just now. You know, and and we would assume that at some point kids are going to get bored with Fortnite. And there's going to be a new one. Um, but um, one of the things you wrote in your blog post, I, I I like this. You said we should explore every avenue in embracing student passions to better their learning. Um, 
you know, looking at a game like Fortnite, look at whatever game is is currently popular, and say, okay, it's uh, it's a ten by ten grid. Let's let's work with that. Um, yeah. Let's let's, um, let's just find ways to use it. You know, it's I never understood why you would want to stifle student passion. I'll give you an, I'll give you another example. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example from my classroom, and I'll give you probably the best example from the real world that I've heard. You know, in my classroom last year, when it was the fidget spinner craze, oh yeah, we're banning the fidget spinners. Um, my kids. You know, I run businesses with my kids. That's part of my program is it's kind of uh, careers meets entrepreneurship meets making and technology. Um, and so I run real businesses with businesses with my kids. Yep. We were able to ride that fidget spinner craze into a real manufacturing contract with a $6 billion communication company, Slack. And we made them real professional manufactured fidget spinners for their welcome bags. Wow. And, we, and they paid us for them. So where other teachers were banning and getting mad about them, you know, the, the teachers who, who understand, you know, how to harness that power, my kids did a whole design project and made money to help fund their classroom. And I know yep. a lot of other teachers were doing math and science problems. I know a science teacher, he made a uh, fidget spinner powered uh, cell phone charger and showed the kids how to do that. You know what I mean? Wow. And yeah. it's the same idea, like Pokemon Go. I almost ran over 20 kids last year. Uh, <laughs> heads are down, you know, on Pokemon Go. But then you hear stories of these local animal shelters that are saying, hey, if you're going to go out and walk around and play Pokemon Go, why don't you stop by and pick up one of our shelter dogs and take them with you? Exactly. And so you have two possible reactions, right? You, you can't control what's happening, but you can control how you react to it. You can embrace it and make it work for you and, and make students... Uh, you know, connect what they care about with the content that you want them to learn, right? That's big. Understand, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you're learning about motion and and uh, maybe circuitry. Oh, you, I can make a fidget powered, you know, fidget spinner powered battery. Why, why would I not want to do that? Why would I not want to, you know, uh, uh, bring that into my classroom to get my kids excited? Exactly. So, so you, you brought it up here a moment ago um, about your classroom. Uh, you've got your kids creating, designing products, solving problems, selling, selling the things that they, uh, that their solutions to the problems. Tell us a little bit about that and, and then um, maybe even just how they can find out about it. Yeah. So I'll give you the super short version of a, of a really long and interesting story is um, I got <laughs> to Fairhaven and I started a makerspace. The makerspace got popular and kids, you know, uh, brought up the fact that, you know what, entrepreneurship would fit in perfectly here. Yeah. And so the class got popular. They asked me to expand it from fifth and sixth grade to fourth all the way through eighth. So a complete program for every kid in my school. Um, so, you know, all of the, the traditional value that makerspaces bring, growth mindset and independence and reframing failures, iteration, taking all that, you know, uh, uh, introducing kids to design, computer science, engineering, the digital arts, all that stuff. Um, and what we decided to do was we now harness our power trying to solve problems. Yeah. And so if we can sell the solution, that's even better. And so right now my sixth grade um, is basically they form product teams. And they find a problem to solve. They make that product and hopefully we can sell it. Um, in seventh graders, my, uh, in seventh grade, my kids and I run an agriculture business together. So we uh, buy and sell herbs and spices to our community and restaurants and wow. use technology to, um, you know, measure what's going on in the greenhouse and basically, you know, uh, help use technology to increase our yield. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then eighth grade, um, kids get to do one of three things. They can either intern in, uh, at a business in town 
they can create an impact project, a way to leave their school or community or, or something better that they had been there, um, or they could start their own business and they could apply for uh, grants and stuff like that from me. And, you know, they could fund their own little businesses that hopefully um, when they leave me in eighth grade, they could continue to grow all the way up and through, uh, you know, high school and college because, you know, going kind of along with this esports thing as the world changes, you know, we're moving into the gig economy and everybody's going to need a side job. And I tell them, even if it's not your main job, go to college, you know, do what you want to do there. Um, we're at a point now where everybody needs a side hustle. And so if I can show my kids, they can be self starters and they yeah. can make their own side hustles. Um, you know, I find that to be really valuable. Yeah. And, and here we are, we're chatting about things that we're passionate about besides just being in the classroom, you know, um, these, are, these are things are, these are our side hustles. These are the things that we get to do um, each and every day. And, and the kids can live out that passion uh, based on some of those. Those are some great ideas, Chris, uh, from, uh, from what you're doing. Uh, if they want to find any of your stuff, uh, definitely find, find uh, techtupteacher.com. Of course, those, those links will be in the show notes as well here on the podcast. Um, and then follow you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, techtupteacher. Um, one last question I love, I love to ask everybody, if you could have a guest speaker in your classroom, you could pick anybody from science, technology, engineering, and math, living, past, who would you, who would you have come to your classroom? Be a guest speaker. Oh, that is tough. Wow. I know there's so many choices, right? There, there are, yeah, absolutely. I would love to talk to Kurt Vonnegut. Really? I would love to talk to Kurt Vonnegut because I always admired and appreciated the way he saw the world yeah. and the way that he made it work for him. You know, you're talking about a guy who lived through the bombing of Dresden um, and by all accounts had a super tough experience and he turned it around and turned it into a novel. Um, and if you explore his life, you know, the work that he did at GE and his brother, um, you know, on the Manhattan project and, and just some different stuff going on over there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's interesting, man. You know, he, um, he and his brother were involved in like weather manipulation for the government and stuff like that. And that's where ice nine came from and cats yeah. and, uh, you know, just, I always admired his ability to say, okay, here's how the world is and here's how I'm going to make it work for me. And yeah. I guess maybe hopefully they can see that how it, you know, in my teaching style where look, you know what fidget spinners and Fortnite are in my classroom. How am I going to, how am I going to make it work for me? Yeah. And, and I'm just thinking, I'm just listening to your example there. And I mean, that's like, that's like connecting history to STEM. That's connecting um, all those kinds of cultural issues to, to STEM yeah. as well. I mean, you brought up the makerspace is doomed and the whole crux of that article is I can't wait for the day when STEM doesn't have to be a whole separate byproduct taught in a silo by itself. Exactly. And once we can merge all these together, um, you know, I, I'm not sure why we teach all of these subjects separate when they all should be together. The history, the English, the math, it all it all plays together. And that's one of the reasons yep. entrepreneurship is uh, nothing have nothing. I've never done anything that uses everything you've ever learned. And then some like entrepreneurship. does. Yeah. In fact, one of the, one of the quotes I, I loved from from that uh, blog post that you wrote, Chris, is you said every class, every subject, every grade can and should be a makerspace. And, and I've, I've always felt that that's, that's the same, that's the same thing with STEM. And, and like you said, we've, we've had all these silos and now we're taking STEM and we're taking um, makerspace and turning those into silos, just like everything else. So Absolutely. We have to, definitely have to be careful about that. Well, Chris, it's been, it's been awesome chatting with you today. Um, yeah, so glad you could be on the show. No, this and, is awesome. 
And um, definitely, if you if you've got some other questions about esports or because um, it's coming, uh, it's 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 we're at that tipping point. If you've if you've ever read any Malcolm Gladwell books, you know, especially about tipping points. I mean, we're we're there already. Um, like you said, this is this is our kids' Woodstock. Um, Chris Aviles, um, thetechtopteacher.com. It's been great having you on the show today. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. And uh, definitely follow him and uh, find out everything you can to, uh, to be an awesome, uh, amazing teacher like Chris is. Check out all the great podcasts from STEM Every Day. We'll chat with you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com. Thank you.